you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Dan here, before we get to the divisional playoff preview pod, I want to talk a little bit about FanDuel. Did you think your fantasy football season was over? Did you? I did. Don't wait till next year. Play more fantasy football for real cash this season over at FanDuel.com. Matt Nichols from Ohio. Joey Watts turned the $25 deposit into over $25,000 playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. FanDuel is paying out more than $10 million every week this, this season, but there's only two weeks left uh, in this NFL season, as you know. So don't miss out. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code AROUND and sign up now. New user special. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code AROUND. Don't forget to use our code AROUND. Don't miss out on all this fantasy football. All you can handle. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast is as cool as the other side of the pillow. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. This is... <laughs> yeah, hey, Joey Watts. Joey Watts. This is our divisional round preview episode uh, four great games this weekend between eight teams uh, that are all very good teams. So we're gonna there will be no stinkers in the bunch. What's what are you laughing at, Mark? Well, of course there are eight good teams. I mean, well, not... the pa- are the Panthers that good? They do have a losing yes. record with their starting stop quarterback. With, stop with this nonsense. They are a good team. Now they have won five straight. That's well, that's they've fair. gotten this far. They've earned it. How many times do we have to say they're a materially different team than they were when they were losing games at midseason? That's, that's now why a fire. And that's why Wes later in the show, spoiler alert, will be picking the Panthers. Wow! This weekend. I'm going to spoil your spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that is that is what the show is all about. This is going to be the big preview show. So what we're going to do, obviously, we're going to go through every game, but we're going to do it really in-depth, Greg. We're going to get dig in on all these games. I know, Wes, you've been studying. You've been watching film. Uh, Mark, you're doing the things that Mark Sessler does. Greg's the <laughs> boss for a reason. So you guys prepared for this preview. What kind of things is Mark doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if I like involved the, the, tails the vibe. That was, that was that your that hint comment. that Mark didn't really prepare that <laughs> yeah. much. Well, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't here. say that. Well, you said it in so many words. All right. So, we, yeah, we're going to go through the, the, the four games. And where do we want to start? Because there's, there's you know, so many great games here. Why don't you decide? I will decide. We will start with the AFC. We'll start with Greg's team. Why don't we do that? Greg's New England Patriots, who... Uh, are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. We, we've we been tracking this all week, uh, how nervous Greg was about this game. Uh, one being wearing aviators and saying, I'm a cool guy, and then walking off into the sunset with a cigarette. And 10 <laughs> being just urinating all over himself. Uh, he put himself at five or six. 
<laughs> as we go deeper into the week now, as we are recording this on Thursday afternoon, Greg, any changes into your feeling? Do you have any type of bad vibe or good vibe about how this is going to go for your New England Patriots? I have a good vibe because I, I think the Patriots are a better team. It's all good. They are a better team. I mean, I mean they could that's lose. The that's what happens. Matchup. I've seen them lose one of these games every year for whatever, how many, six straight years. They missed one playoffs. You know, it, it happens. And we did get reminded downstairs uh, before we came up, NFL Network was playing the uh, the famous Billy Cundiff game, which was the game the Ravens lost in the AFC title game. Uh, they go back a year later and they win. So this is a team that obviously doesn't have any fear going to Foxborough. They know how to play in that building. They're not going to be intimidated. And Joe Flacco is playing well. And, Wes, I know we talked about this a little earlier. Um, your thoughts on Flacco. Is, are, should we assume that he's going to be Joe Flacco with a magic pixie dust again? No. I, he's not facing the Steelers' secondary. He's facing the Patriots' secondary. And Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner and Devin McCourty are better than Torrey Smith and Steve Smith. This is a matchup advantage for the Patriots, not not the Ravens quarterback who's been playing well in the playoffs. I think that emphasizes how many different parts there are to these two teams since that last playoff game between these two. I More mean, than half the teams by far. Yeah, and I mean, 36 New different Ravens from their title team. And 32 and, different Patriots. And New England under Belichick has not had this secondary in a decade. I mean, there's been nothing close to this. And finally, I don't know why. No, number one, I love Belichick, but it took him this long to get these kind of pieces together in the secondary. But Flacco, you're well, right. They, wasn't, even, it wasn't from against, not trying. They tried to draft people. It was crazy. Well, and let's let's not hide the fact that Tom Brady is the best cold weather and home field quarterback in NFL history. Flacco does not have the advantage here. This is not a hide your women and children New England situation that everyone's portrayed <laughs> it to be this week. <laughs> Are you ready for... You've a, been angry, Wes, by the way, that, that people have been just counting... I'm not discounting the Patriots, but talking about that, wow, what a dangerous team. I mean, you have been literally a lot angrier than I have about this. It's, I like it. Anger is the I word. just thought it was silly that the Ravens... You know, we've thought all along that they were a pretty good team. You and I have, and probably Mark, and we've said every week throughout the season they should be favored to win, but they ended up not being that good of a team ended up having to force their way into the playoffs, didn't play well early on. But this, what happened last week is they won one game and everybody over, everybody magnifies that one game like they do all year and ignores the rest of the season. This is not that great of a team. The Patriots are clearly a much better football team. Well, then your head coach starts all the debates that I think got some of this going by saying we've got the best quarterback in football. And that, that's where you're going to start to get annoyed because everyone's responding to that nonsense. He's not the best quarterback what, in football. No one's questioning What annoyed that. me was just this, oh, the Patriots have to be, this is the worst-case scenario what, for them playing against the Ravens. There, there no, are not. some things about the Ravens that should give them pause, though, which is, well, A, I like a quarterback in Flacco that's, that is always going to be aggressive. That's what you want in the playoffs. So that that's dangerous. He's going to go deep. He's going to throw it deep. And then they have a very talented, big front line, kind of like the Jets do, and people want to like discount uh, a Week 16 game against the Jets. But that's a fairly similar type of scheme. It's a coach that's very familiar with Belichick, just like Dean Pease, the Ravens' defensive coordinators, and they gave him all sorts of problems. Uh, he didn't know where the blitzers are coming in that game. They have a big front. If you can't run the ball when you're the Patriots, they're just not that great at offense if they don't run the ball. They need to be able to run the ball because teams aren't going to really put extra people up there. 
Tom Brady is not a good deep thrower. Everyone talks about Peyton Manning struggles throwing the deep ball. Tom Brady is the third worst completion percentage of any quarterback in the league throwing over 20. So they have to count on these 10, 12 play drives, and they lead the league in that category. They're good at it, but if you can't run it, it's hard to pull those you off. You are getting Edelman back, though. Yeah, that's, that's a huge. huge help. That's been that's part huge. of the reason they haven't been who they were of late. Only two other wide receivers in the NFL have more receptions than him over the last two years. And He's a little underrated. Against a Baltimore secondary that... Uh, that's yeah, not right. Strength. Barring uh, Bernard Pollard's, Pollard sighting, Gronk, I, pro- I would assume, is going to go <laughs> over be, 100 yards That would be game. crazy if Bernard Pollard did show up to this what game. Would, just, like, took wait, Gronk out on the sidelines. That's Pollard's or music. Uh, yeah, at what point do, do the people of New England rise up against Bernard Pollard, by the way? <laughs> that would be would the point. Would this be it? Yeah, that would be the point. If well, he if he shows up, up to this game, to yeah. With a folding chair and nodding uniform. <laughs> you mentioned how the, the Patriots secondary is good, and, and that's true. And I think the, the way that that shows up in this game is that Belichick now is much more creative than he was with these old teams. We're starting to see the Belichick of 2003, 2004, because he's got, it's almost like a reverse Patriots team. He's got the most athletic, but not very stout, not very big group of defenders he's ever had. I mean, Jamie Collins, Donta Hightower, and Chandler Jones, I don't know if there's a more athletic trio of defenders on on the same team in the league. I mean, these guys can play inside and out. They a lot of times they play Jones and Ayers at defensive tackle. They play Hightower and Collins sometimes on the outside. But that's a wild looking group, and they they mix it all up. Hightower plays everywhere, and and that hopefully as a Patriots fan will confuse Flacco. By the way, West, your boy Steve Smith is going to make a couple of big plays in this game. It's in his DNA. He's going to do it. And Joe Flacco has had five straight playoff games over 100 passer rating. That's tied for second all time. I think I know the the Pittsburgh secondary is not too uh, great, and, and we should not get too excited about that. But we've seen Flacco when he got hot last time. He shredded the Niners in the Super Bowl. I mean, I got a feeling that they're going to score some points against this defense. I don't think Revis is going to get lit up. But I, I see this as a close game. This is going to be, to me, six points, three points, something like that. I think the Patriots win, but I think the Ravens are going to give them a battle here for sure. I think the world of Steve Smith, but he went two months without making plays. I mean, let's mm. acknowledge he's also, that. In his career, he's not fared well against Revis. There have been a lot of exposure, but he's not fared well against him. It'll be interesting to see if Revis plays Torrey Smith or whether he's more on. I tend to think he might be more on Steve Smith and Kyle Arrington, who's the guy they put on T.Y. Hilton. He He's on Torrey Smith, and they have a, a safety over the top. But the thing I'm worried about as a Patriots fan more than anything is Flacco just throwing bombs down the field and Brandon Browner and Patrick Chung being heavily involved, just getting laundry these... being flown. Exactly, right. exactly. Forty-yard penalties because Browner. People talk about Browner like he's some sort of asset. He's average at best. He'll be on Owen Daniels, won't he? That would be good because the the tight ends last week had a big big time game for uh, for Baltimore. So the whole status that Patrick Chung is like on the field every snap. I don't know. He's I have flashback. He has, but there's something about it. It's just a, it's a worrisome thing. The Patriots rotate a lot less. One thing I noticed when I went back and watched the game, they they had a game a couple weeks ago where seven of their defenders played every snap. I don't know if any teams in the league do that. They and, didn't and, used to do that ever. No, they didn't. It's very different for them. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game. That's not a small thing as well as Belichick has game planned this year. And he has outcoached quite a few guys this year. And then they've had a week now to listen to everyone tell them how scared they should be about the Ravens. Right. I think the Patriots will be ready to play. 
All right, so let's make our picks in this game. I already said I think I see like a 23-17 to 17 type win for the Patriots. Let's go around the horn here. We'll start with Mark Sessler. Your pick, buddy boy. I think uh, we're going to see New England take this game without a whole lot of problems about 35-15. to 15. Whoa, interesting number there. West. I think the Ravens' offense gets shut down. Really? I, I do. I think, the Raven, I think this is a really good matchup for the Patriots as far as the, the Ravens' passing game. And I think the Patriots go over 30 points and the Ravens go under 30 points. I like this, guys. 31-29. Keep talking. <laughs> I said under 20 points. <laughs> uh, they said 30. Uh, Greg. Well, this week we did previews on the site, and uh, I drew the Homer uh, assignment of you know picking the Patriots game. So I guess I have to stick with that score. I think I said 27-19 or something in that ballpark where they win by 9, 10 points, 8 points. All right, so... Patriots across the board, again moving into the AFC title game, and Greg will be all happy and giddy because his boys and Tommy and Billy, and we're rolling back towards the big game in February. Let's move on to the second Saturday game, the Carolina Panthers, finally a 500 team. They're now 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one after their uh, playoff victory over the Cardinals, the Ryan Lindley-led Cardinals. Now they get a, I would call it a slightly tougher matchup, they head to CenturyLink Field to face the Seattle Seahawks, the number one seed in the NFC and thought by many to be essentially unstoppable in their building, especially this time of year. I think this is the game, if everyone were going to take a guess what will be the blowout, it would be this one. But Chris Wessling, you are high on the Panthers. Do you think they could put up a fight here and make this a game? Absolutely. I We've pointed this out many times. They are a materially different team than they were when they were losing all these games. They play different players at many different positions. They run the ball well. They have their second longest streak of 100-yard rushing games in franchise history right now. Mm. They defend the ball well because they're highly athletic on defense. The one problem they have, and I think every part of me believes the Seahawks are going to exploit this, since the beginning of December, when they've played their best ball and they've been a shutdown defense, they've also allowed five yards per carry on the ground, which is the highest total of any playoff team right now. It's interesting because they're facing a team in Seattle that also, early in the year, we thought one thing about them and by the season's end, and they got healthy. That was a big part of it. A completely different team. I, I just I think this is not a great matchup for Cam Newton necessarily. Like I don't think he had a receiver go over 38 yards through the air last week. If they can't run the ball on Seattle – they are going to get into uh, a nasty situation potentially through the air. Especially if they fall behind 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter and Cam is not throwing the ball very well right now. That's when you know you could probably turn the game off in the third quarter. Well, if there's a if there's a mirror image team in the league for the Seahawks, it's the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, the, they're saying that themselves. You're right. This, this, yeah, they're the they're very players. similar teams. The Seahawks are just better at every single thing. And the Panthers have kept it close when they've played, but those games have been in Carolina and Seattle's not a great road team. So that sort of makes sense. You mentioned that the Panthers run game is struggling and they're going up against a Seattle running attack. That's not just good. It's historically good. You, you mentioned in our NFL now video, I think, what was it? The three things to watch. Hubba hubba. This was our confident call. Our confident call video. Watch them both. What, what? They have the third highest yards per carry of all time. Third highest y- rushing yards per game of all time behind the 2006 Falcons and I believe one of the Jerome Bettis Steelers teams. And football outsiders who, you know, they put numbers on every single play of the season. And they had Seattle as a top three, I think, running attack. This, this year was one of the three best running attacks since they've started keeping track about 15, 16 years ago. So, I mean, that's the type of level 
that Marshawn Lynch is playing. I with. think Lynch is playing better than he ever has, and I don't remember a quarterback since Michael Vick being this efficient as a runner as Russell Wilson is. I was going to say, who's a better uh, quarterback with the ball in his hand, getting outside the pocket and taking off, Newton or Wilson? I think it's absolutely Wilson. I think Wilson is better at just about everything than, than Newton, mm. except maybe third downs. Mm. Here's something interesting. You talked about, Wes, the, um, how they're kind of mirror images of each other. Michael Bennett, the Seahawks defensive head, had something interesting to say, and I want you guys to try to break this down for me. Uh, this is what Bennett said. It's so much alike, man. It's like you look at a girl who looks like you, and you find out it's your cousin, so you can't go on a date with her even though you'd like to because she looks like you. But then you see her friend, and her friend's really hot, and you're like, that's not my cousin, so it's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> so now it take, made sense until the friend was yeah, introduced. Yeah, take, take me through this. So, yeah, the cousins make sense. Who is the friend in this? It, it, it breaks down. You're looking for too much logic. What we learned here is that he thinks a woman that looks like him is going to be hot, which right. I would that's... not think. That would be a, that would be grotesque. Wait, that's what guessing... well, I, grotesque is strong, Greg. He could be listening or someone. No, no. I meant him. like if I met a woman that looked like me. But as a oh. woman, I wouldn't really want to get she, into no, that. she'd be okay. What she'd I took right. out of this was that <laughs> not, not Michael Bennett's but... cousin is very attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's if she's on the open market, I mean, that would... I think would in the you end, yeah, you're Michael, interested. Wait a second. Let's figure this out because it'd be very good to get Wes uh, wiped up by the end of 2015. <laughs> uh, or at least on the road. Martellus <laughs> Bennett's cousin is the candidate. Let's look into a little Bennett action. We'll check it. Maybe if they make the Super Bowl, we could ask him. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Michael Bennett's cousin is... This woman is Sasquatch proportions. <laughs> wow. In the, hey, in, easy. The end, though, in the end, Bennett ends up Six with a two, friend. He knows what 190. That's not your style? I, you know what? I don't discriminate. That's fine. All right. So I don't know if she'd be into me, though. <laughs> she, if she probably wears heels, it might, not be, it might not work. All right. Get us back on track, Mark. I don't know. I feel I feel disturbed <laughs> because Bennett, I thought, took us in the, to the right place in the end. He, he found a friend that was you know, linked to the cousin. He's not going down the road with the cousin. He's found an attractive friend. All right, I'm going to go to Greg. Greg, get us back on track. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Bennett, one of the reasons why I think the Seahawks will roll in this game is because they have four, seven different defenders that can all take over a game at a different time. Bennett's one of them. The fact that Bruce Irvin was playing so well late in the season that he was maybe the best player on the field in two of their last four or five games. You throw him in the mix, Wagner being on fire. It's just like... It's Wagner, ridiculous how many good players they have. Wagner's on absolute fire. He's, he's playing as well as any linebacker in the NFL. Panthers are the only team uh, that could ruin NFC or championship weekend for me. If they ended up somehow sneaking by and something crazy happens. Well, that would be great, no, though. See, I, want, I would love be that. Awesome. I want Seahawks, Packers, or Seahawks, Cowboys. Love that. Don't give me that. Some Panthers. I, yeah, West. but it would be such a great game if the Panthers won. I feel uh, the way, Wes, you do about this Ravens. Patriots game where you're you're annoyed that everyone is saying, wait a minute, just acknowledge that New England's going to drop a megaton hammer. This is the Seahawks, the best team in the NFC at home that is better at everything that Carolina does. This game is not going to be close. All right, let's. I, go, there, there I are, agree with you there, but I'm annoyed that people are acting like the Panthers are the three and eight Panthers, and, and they're, they're not. They're just and not. That's fair. That's fair. And I I don't know it the. The way that the Seahawks play, you just never know because their style of play doesn't always lend itself to big blocks. That's why they trail 6 nothing at halftime in a huge game against the Rams. I mean, because the Rams are blitzing their linebackers. They're getting a ton of pressure on Russell Wilson. I don't What's know if that offense— What's the score at the end? 
It was 20 to 6 with a defensive score in the fourth quarter yeah. in a game where, you know, Sean Hill had some fluky, you know, they had two turnovers in the fourth quarter. All I'm saying is, yes, yeah, Seattle won, but it was a close game where the Rams should have been ahead in the fourth quarter. How can the Panthers not compete? They can compete. Similar right. to the Saints playoff game last year where the Seahawks dominated Drew Brees through the first half and needed a late score to kind of get some cushion there. All right, let's go around the horn now. Pick this game. Let's let's include the scores too. I think scores are fun especially this time of year. Let's see how close you can get. We'll start with Mark Sessler. What are you thinking now? This game is going to be – I understand what you're saying real quick, that it, it's not going to be a, a blowout from the start, but Seattle's going to find a way to drop some points third quarter, get hot on the ground. I'm looking 31-10. to 31-10. Wes? I picked 17-13 when I wrote this story up early in the week. That was before we found out – Star Latulule is out for the playoffs. Uh, excuse me. It's Star Latalale. <laughs> Thank you. Dan I, is correct. I feel smarter now. Yep. You Somehow. Uh, I'm going to actually dock three points from the Panthers. Wow. Just for Star. <laughs> yes. And, well, I came upon further research involving the Seahawks rushing attack <laughs> that makes me feel better about the Seahawks. So I'm going to go 20 to 10. Probably a late score for the Seahawks, giving them more cushion. Very scientific there, Wes. Uh, I I'm, I guess maybe I'm alone here. I think this is a blowout. I think Jonathan Stewart's their only chance if he goes 30 for 167 and keeps the ball keeps the ball in their possession and all that stuff. But I see them falling behind early and it getting ugly where Cam Newton's got to throw. And I'm not – I have no faith in Cam Newton right now to win a game in that spot against that defense. Give me a 38-10 to 10 Seahawks win. I had thirty-one ten. You are de- you are. You're com- definitely not you're alone. You're alone definitely not. You're now. definitely not listening to Mark. Is yeah. what you're doing. Because he picked 10. a blowout. <laughs> okay, but thirty-eight ten is a bigger blowout than Mark's Dan, thirty-one. Can Dan 10. hear anyone else on this show? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what you guys did in math, but I know thirty-eight to ten is a bigger blowout. Greg, I'll go twenty-seven to seven. I do think it could be close to start, but I ultimately, let's go. Uh, Paul Richardson. As the key factor. Who's been... Wait, what? You're what? introducing a key factor state? Hey, I, I had <laughs> more points to make. I'll just jam, <laughs> a new segment? I'll jam it in here. I'm just saying they're, they're making him a big part of the offense. He looks like a halfway decent receiver for this team. Uh, Connor Orr, by the way, is going to this game. Ooh. Can tell nice us about plum it. Plum assignment. Yeah. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast to talk about it. Did there used to be another receiver started with a P in Richardson and he was nicknamed Snoopy? I always want to call <laughs> Paul Richardson Snoopy Richardson for some reason. You can do I mean, that. You could. Didn't the like, Titans, draft a, Titans drafted a guy in the fourth round who was a Snoop knucklehead? Snoop I'm not familiar with the team that you're referring mm. to. <laughs> oh, the Titans. By the way, the Titans. Let's calm down, Tennessee. I know you're in a bad <laughs> spot right now in, in, as a franchise, and I'm not here to pile on. Yes, you are. But it, when your Twitter feed, you guys decide it, you, have a, you sit down in a conference room, and it's like, oh, it's the 15th anniversary of the Music City Miracle. We're going to live tweet the Music City Miracle, but the entire game. Uh, it's one of those ideas where you need to – at first everyone's like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. But then you got to think, is it really a cool idea? Because when you're live tweeting a uh, fullback, Harry Jones, just running for two yards, and then you, with hashtags involved. And then so they go through the whole game. Some guy that got paid handsomely at Titans headquarters sat in front of a computer for three and a half hours and tweeted this. And then after all this, and Frank Wycheck laterals it to, to Kevin Dyson, and, and they get through all that, and they, they post videos and clips – the St. Louis Rams, <laughs> who you might remember beat that Titans team in the Super Bowl that year, uh, just post, uh, look forward to seeing you in Atlanta, and then a picture of Kurt Warner hoisting the Lombardi <laughs> Trophy. 
Game over. The poor Titans even get destroyed on their little novel concept on Twitter. That hurts. I like that you have the Titans gathering in a conference room and discussing. This sounds just like a rogue event by Lynn, some do you, teenager do you, Twitter guy. On no, the, think on about, you know, this building. I like that you think he's making a lot of money. I would, I would definitely <laughs> bet a sandwich that you make more than he think, does. Think of, Mark, think about this office, and then think about the massive group think that came into coming up with that idea. Probably there were probably uh, croissants involved, coffee, tea, a couple bananas. of slaps on the back. Many slaps. A promotion was involved. Yeah, tears. Some bourbon. Anyway, um, <laughs> where were we? Oh, let's move on. Did we all pick our games? Yeah. Good, good. Let's move to Sunday. The Dallas. This is the game right here for me. I love this game. For you. For me. I mean, I can only speak for myself. The Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. A showdown of uh, two of the best quarterbacks all season. And, and maybe some people think the Packers are the best team in the league. Not everyone thinks the Seahawks are the best. The Cowboys are obviously lucky to be alive after that controversial win over the Lions. But now they go into Green Bay. And the question I have, I'm confident that the Packers will take care of business. But I'm not confident that Aaron Rodgers is remotely healthy. So that adds a whole nother level of intrigue, and none of us can speculate on whether he'll finish the game or not, but it does make this game even more interesting. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, do you believe the Cowboys can score some points in this game? Yeah, I think the Cowboys could score points on any team in the league, and Green Bay's defense is better than it was last season, certainly the year before, but their run defense, you know, they, they held the, the Buccaneers to 16 yards, and it makes what they did on the ground over the last month look better because of that. But they're not, they're not pristine in terms of being able to stop opposing rushers. Uh, they only faced two top five rushers all season. One of them was Lynch, who went for over 100 yards. McCoy had 88. And here comes DeMarco Murray, and you're facing the best offensive mm. line in football. So the point is, do you think Dallas can come in and do what it's done all season long when it succeeded? I do. Will it be easy? No. Do you have to keep Green Bay off the field for a big chunk of the game to even have a chance to outscore them? Yes, you do. But have they done that all season long? Hasn't that petered out since the start of December? It's They're not playing at the peak level they were before, but the, here we are down to this one game. I, I, I'm i picking oh, the Dallas Cowboys that because far. of they, they, Wow. Little yeah. uh, hero Whoa. pick action. Whoa, look at you. Mr. New Shirt. Defend your heroes. I th I thought you were gonna you know just talk about how the, you thought this would be a close game and then you'd pick the Packers, but you actually think the Cowboys steal it. I do think the I don't think the, I don't think it's gonna be one of these games where Green Bay implodes like they have when they played the Giants in the playoffs, uh, the way that they fell to San Francisco a few years ago. Totally different team. Green Bay's offense is going to score points. I just think Dallas wins in a shootout. A little bit of magic, a little bit of Tony Romo magic. I'm not saying that, I'm not sitting here saying it's they're the crazy. better team or that, you know, let's line up all the mathematical logarithms and figure out, oh, no, wait, Green Bay's way better. We get that. But this, is, this, is, this doesn't always happen, to, according to narrative in the playoffs. Well, West. if, if Rodgers can't make plays after the like, snap when pressure gets to him, not that the Cowboys really apply that much pressure in general. I mean, they're a totally different team. If there is no Rodgers, this is a 6-10 and 10 team. Well, and if, yes. if there's a non-mobile Rodgers, I don't know if it's a playoff team. And I'm not sure. I will say this also about the Cowboys. I, maybe DeMarco Murray isn't moving as well as he was earlier in the season, but I'm, I don't think this Cowboys team is limped into the playoffs by any stretch. They absolutely destroyed the Colts, who three of us picked to beat the Broncos uh, this weekend. 
And, you know, Spoiler. I, they got well, lucky. They won five in a row. And, you know, I, I just think this is a Cowboys team that, that maybe we should stop, um, you know, underrating. So that's why I like I like where you're going with this, Mark. I don't know if I could join you on it. It seems No, that would be pretty foolish. Gutsy. I mean, I'm probably going to get tossed off a cliff here. Wes, is honest. this crazy talk? It's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I think the Packers should be heavily favored in this game. And it depends on Rodgers' calf. I, Greg mentioned this on our video earlier. And and Mark probably has some feelings in this direction. I know when he when he wrote the preview, we jokingly discussed that the player under pressure should be Matt Flynn. Ooh. Yeah. Because we could see a Matt Flynn appearance. I mean, that would not surprise anyone. And to me, Man, if, that's Matt, depressing. if Matt Flynn hits the field in this game, the Cowboys win handily. No, no, I just got the I, I just thought of a Matt Flynn Packers led team facing the Panthers in the NFC title game. <laughs> well, but here here's the Yikes. thing. If Rodgers is okay, and Matt Flynn doesn't hit the field, and Rodgers is close to where he normally is, the Cowboys' defense can finally put to rest everyone saying, wow, what a what a great overachieving job that they've done putting up like a really good defense. And I get it. The coaching staff has gone, done a good job. They hustle. They play hard. But they're not creative. They're not a good defense. They're not even an above-average defense. And when you play a team like the Packers, who are at peak uh, – you know, crushing offensive talent right now with their wide receivers and their running game, which is doing as well as it does. It's like, I don't think they have a chance and they don't try to confuse you at all. They're, they're what Greg Cosell would call like an, an execution defense, but they're going to get executed if uh, Aaron Rodgers well, is out there. Well one, one other thing for, for the Cowboys. <laughs> Violet, they, well played. They generated the most turnovers since week 14. Ooh. But the problem there is you go into Green Bay, where Aaron Rodgers has not thrown an interception at home all season. Who's not, co- who's covering Randall Cobb? Like, is it is it ba- is it Church? Oh, I, I mean, who is covering him the in, in the well, slot? You got Take me to church. Kevin Patra, our man, coming at you, has pointed this out that the Cowboys' weakness, more than any other on defense, is that you can really make a lot of yards after the catch on them, especially on screens and crossing routes. That's Randall Cobb's specialty, and Jordan Jordy Nelson's no slouch after the catch. I mean, this is a this is a bad matchup for the Cowboys' second. And and I don't even know necessarily that the Cowboys have the best offensive line in this game, at least playing right now. Because if the Cowboys' offense has a weakness, it's when you look at their struggles. When they've had some games that they struggled, they've been a great offense. It's communication between their offensive line and Romo. I mean, their first half last week until that one play right at the end, which saved them, was an unmitigated disaster. Free rushers just yeah, coming up with coming at Romo. Sometimes they were getting beat one-on-one. Well, they're but not facing that defense this week. No, they're, they're not. But Dom Capers has had his troubles. But he doesn't need an invitation to get creative and to do all this double A-gat stuff. Where they, had, they just had a hard time like talking between them and Romo. Who's getting who? I, I watched one play where they had seven rushers, seven – they had a max protect where you have seven offensive linemen, and there was only five people rushing, and two people just came in clean just because no one knew where to go. I think the juggernaut nature of the Packers' offense cannot be overstated if Rodgers is healthy He's enough healthy, to come yeah. move around. Even if he can't move around, if he can sit in the pocket and throw, he has, I know you wrote this, Mark, the three highest single-season passer ratings at home in NFL history. 
2011, 2013, 2014. Mm. And this year is the highest. They average 20 more points per game at home than they do on the road, and that's with taking their foot off the gas pedal for a lot of third and fourth quarters. They could average 30 or 40 more points per game at home. I mean, and the weather is, you know, it's not the number one factor, but this is not a poor. This is, not, this is an outrageous game NFL for Dallas to deal with. NFL Network's Randy Moss <laughs> all <laughs> week. They're putting that sorry guy. They. We have monitors in our newsroom that show everything that's going on, every place we have cameras set up. And the decision makers at the NFL media, great. They make a lot of great decisions, I'll tell you what, including hiring all us. But I will say, putting poor Randy Moss outside at Lambeau Field for all of his hits, I feel bad for that. Well, because we see him when he's not on camera, and he is is looking cold. (laughs) He is cold. He's shaking. You've got Conor up in Seattle drinking craft beers and coffee in the morning, (laughs) and you've got Randy Moss in 44 layers of clothing. With ice frozen to his beard. And, <laughs> and he doesn't I, even have a beard. Well, it's it whiskers with beard <laughs> I, coming off it. I talked about Rogers. Calf is obviously a huge factor in the fact that it's freezing, like that you would think wouldn't help. Well, what about Tony Romo's back? Like, he's had a huge problem mm. all year. Like, is that. He did not play that well for most of last week. He avoided making the big mistake, but he was inaccurate. I, I know mean, where Wes is going. Whedon, Flynn, catch the fever. I don't think he's going to get, oh, get no. hurt, but if a guy has serious back problems and rib and you're getting right. that cold, give me a break. It's time to make our picks for this game. Mark, you said the Cowboys win. What's the score? I will stick with what I put on the site, 31-29 Dallas. Yummy, Wes. Packers, 41. Cowboys, 24. All right. I'm similar, but I say Packers 34, Cowboys 24. Greg. Yeah, I'll go 34, 14, Packers. Blah. 14. Wow. All right. That feels like Romo on the ground. By the way, that was the halftime score, 41, 24. <laughs> <laughs> Area man confident in his pick. I like it, which takes us to the final game of the divisional round weekend, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Led by Andrew Luck, heading to Mile High to face the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. The Broncos, the number two seed. Uh, the Colts took care of business on West of us this past Sunday. So now they have a, a tougher task against the Denver team that won't be shorthanded the way Cincinnati was. Greg, we'll start with you. Uh, I think this is a game that, that we're, as a group, more split on. Uh, spoiler alert, I mentioned it earlier. The three of us picked uh, the Colts to win this game. Uh, where do you stand on this, Greg? Do you think this is a game that could be easily stolen by a lower seed? No, I'm not one of them. I'm confident in the Broncos. I think the Colts have the quarterback who's playing better right now, but they don't have much else. I think this Broncos team is getting slept on as 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 strong a contender as anyone to win the Super Bowl because they have everything you could want in a in a team. They have a great defense. They have a great running game, and they have a good enough passing game. I, I still don't think it's like Peyton Manning is some sort of weakness. So you look at the Colts. If you take away T.Y. Hilton with Chris Harris, for instance, it's like what, do they, what do they have on offense? Stop. I'm just saying they, they, it's a tough matchup. Would you not agree? Akeem, it's a tough Akeem, matchup for Akeem Hilton. Tlaib is usually the guy taking away the other team. It was mostly one. Harris last, last time in week one, and that would seem like a guy that makes sense because he can move in the slot. He can move on the outside. If they put Chris Harris on T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton wins that matchup. He had 48 yards on 11 targets in Week One. I know this it was, isn't Week One. I know it wasn't Week One, but that Week One game had actually had actually a lot of things that I think the Colts can feel good about. But T.Y. Hilton wasn't one of them. The other thing for for the Colts and what I would be concerned about for Andrew Luck is Cincinnati couldn't get anyone in the backfield. They couldn't rush the passer. Andrew Luck was just flowing around back there, waiting all day to throw the ball. Now you're dealing with 
a completely different defensive front. Two great pass rushers, and Andrew Luck struggled down the stretch against teams that could get in the backfield. And one thing I went back and watched for some reason the week one game just to see. One of the, the most surprising things is Ware and Miller had a terrible game. They protected Luck really well. I don't know if that, you know, everything. That was a different offensive every, line. Everything's different. Guys are chairless, not there. Yeah. But there were some good things for the Colts in that game. Unfortunately, they also had a Reggie Wayne who was a totally different player at that point. He was a player. They had Trent Richardson heavily involved, so now he's only on the punt team, so that's a good thing. That is so <laughs> depressing, by the way. Well, you know what? But good for them for finally not forcing the issue. If you want to get, if you want to win a playoff game, you can't put your third best running back. I in thought it. he was inactive last week, but it turns out I'm reading Connor's story. He had one snap on offense last week, and now he's running the punt team. I guess this is the end for Trent Richardson, as it should be. I mean, the guy didn't well, get it done. What did we say four or five weeks ago? If the Colts want to go far in the playoffs, they have to de-emphasize Trent Richardson and Reggie Wayne and start playing Dante Moncrief and Boom Heron and the two tight ends and make them bigger Boom parts. Boom Heron's got to be careful, by the way, because he got uh, he lost another fumble, and that was something that came up a lot uh, from their coaching staff this week. He could find himself on the bench no if he way. fumbles again. No way. Not they, for Trent. They went to Zerlon Tipton because the game was in no, hand. No, I'm not saying Trent Richardson comes in. They went mm. to Tipton because the game was in hand. If that game was close and it was – I think Boom Heron definitely would have been in the game. But they were in a situation where you wanted a clock-killing back, and Tipton's that guy anyway. That was a huge fumble, but it's it's like they almost don't have a choice but to stick with Boom. Heron had 141 yards for scrimmage last week. He's not not a bad running back. He's not great, but he's better than Trent Richardson. Well, yeah. And I think you're – Greg, you're a little – confused about how to feel about Peyton Manning right now. You don't seem that's, like that's you true. you don't seem like he's a big negative, but you also aren't confident in the way he's playing. I I think when the stats and the film agree, then you have to feel pretty confident he's not playing well and the stats and film both agree that he's not playing Maybe well. Maybe the week off helps him. And I think well, I tried to find a few hypotheses last night. Um, I thought maybe we were concentrating too much on the arm and not enough on him getting hit more or sacked more, and that didn't really check out. But one thing, if you look, that three-week stretch from weeks 9 to 11, he threw the most passes of his career in any three-week stretch. And we saw something similar with Matt Schaub in 2012. Mm. Back-to-back overtime games, he went the most pass attempts in his career, and his arm strength dwindled after that. Peyton Manning throws 155 pass attempts over three weeks, and then a month later throws the three least amount of pass attempts in his career. And I think those are connected. Well, Schaub never came back from the abyss that he was in there. Do you? What are we saying here about Manny? Well, I think, I think if you read books that chronicle seasons in NFL history, quarterback, in-season quarterback injuries happen a lot more than they let on. Arm soreness, oblique soreness, muscle tendonitis. Weak arms, and I my guess is something like that's going on with Peyton Manning. It doesn't have to be a career ender. Mm-hmm. It could just be this year. That was one of the things that stuck out to me the most watching the week one game is he, he had a couple throws down the field. I mean, he was ultra aggressive, and there was one to Sanders, and I was thinking there's no way he could throw that th- pass now. He looked like a better quarterback and a, and a stronger quarterback back then. I think the the lack of aggressiveness shows up, and I think that could be that could explain all the interceptions of late cornerbacks pick that up on film and sit on shallow routes if you're not going to go down the field. But it's still down to the players. And when you look at the, the Broncos players, they're, they're really good. And you look at the Colts players, especially on defense, and they're just not. I mean, they have, they have Vontae Davis, but hopefully for the Broncos, Julius Thomas is healthier in this game. He destroyed them 
last time around. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You have a, a very talented running game. I'd take their running game over Indianapolis. Anything. And when you just stack up all the players, the Broncos are good. Well, if, if you, you, you didn't mention the quarterback with an 0-4 postseason record under 40 degrees. Oh, give me and a break has lost, that. has lost eight times in his first he, playoff game, which is as many as Marino, Favre, and Brady combined. He can go throw an eight-yard pass to Demarius Thomas and watch Demarius Thomas well, weave through the people. I think, uh, I think people. quarterback is a major concern, and it's enough – if luck outplays Manning severely, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's enough to offset the talent edge for the Broncos. Mm. All right, so let's make our picks for this game. This this is a tricky one. So we'll start with Mark Sessler, the sizzler, quiet storm. I initially picked Denver, and I, I moved over to the Colts because of Andrew Luck, number one. I just think that that's he's got the feel to me of a guy you just could potentially ride right into the Super Bowl. I like them winning this game 29-2. to. 11. Wow. 11. Uh, wow. That, that revised that. That makes world. no sense. <laughs> can I, I revise that? Because there's a caveat here. It will be 29 to 17, but this will be Peyton Manning's last game, and I will win those sandwiches that I've been questing after all season. This is this. You, if you weren't planning to watch football this weekend, mm-hmm. that would be a weird. Sit move. down. Weird. Yeah. Well, not everyone that listens to the show listens for the football content. Sit down, turn on the television, <laughs> watch Peyton Manning. Yeah. This is going to be it. What do they listen for? A glorious for career ending. The sex appeal? What do people listen to us for? <laughs> I've actually spoken to a couple people that, even today, did we not speak to someone that said, I really appreciated when you went away from football and oh, talked yes. about culture and films. And I said, interesting. I hear I, that all the time. Yeah. I guess I meant as the sole reason. You can't count right. your wife and her friends as people. This was not my wife. People, right? You can't count them as people? This, well, as the people <laughs> yeah, coming thanks, up Greg. with this. I'll decide who I count as a person. <laughs> All right, Chris Wessling, <laughs> your pick in this game. Well, I mentioned on our Ameritrade Confident Call video oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, Joey Watts. That, I, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm picking the Colts. But I, I don't feel confident about it at all. I'm picking the Colts for two reasons. One, because I like the way Luck is playing and I don't like the way Manning's playing. And I forget the other reason. <laughs> no, that's one, oh, re- one reason. The enough. other reason is because I went chalk on all the other. I don't want to go chalk on all four games, so I they, have to find one home oh, team. They call Greg old Chalk Rosenthal now. <laughs> you know, I did go listen, chalk this week. Listen, if someone that's 4-0 and in the postseason so far, yeah, you just got to get it right. take chances. You do, and yeah. I usually take, I feel like, especially in the postseason more than it. I don't, I wasn't feeling it. you got to go with your heart this week. Well, you might be right. The Ravens is the one that scares me the most, and no way I'm taking. Did you get the score? Did I miss it? No, I'll, I'll give a score, but let me <laughs> mention one thing. Yes. I, this could easily turn back and make me look like an absolute ass. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning throws for 400 yards and goes <laughs> 21 for 24 sure. with five touchdowns and outplays Luck, and the Broncos' team talent is so evident. We'll w- still hold it against you despite this uh, little disclaimer. It's not <laughs> yeah, going to save you. Help. All right. Colts 27, Broncos 24. Mm. Wow, saucy. Hmm. Uh, I feel the same way. I said this on our video segment uh, that this is, will be the torch game. This is uh, what we will all remember. Peyton Manning's going to make the three of us look at, so I stupid. Know. It is so <laughs> obvious that this is happening. Uh, this is the torch game. Andrew Luck is going to uh, throw the ball all over the field. T.Y. Hilton's going to have a huge game. Kobe Fleener's going to make plays downfield. Even Reggie Wayne, West, you're not going to believe it, but Reggie Wayne is going to make some big plays <laughs> in this game. Dante uh, Dante Moncrief will not make any big plays. Oh, okay. What? Uh, Weird. Yeah, th- Dwayne I'm just Allen? telling you. I'm just, Dwayne Allen's going to make a couple plays. But when it's all said and done, Tipton. Uh, everyone will say it. <laughs> yes, Zerline's going to. Tiptoe burglar. Uh, when it's all said and done, uh, Peyton Manning will not play well in the cold. 
and it, it will start the narrative that is this the end? That's what we have to write about all offseason. If that happens, I would advise just totally avoiding Dave Damashek that week. And Andrew Luck <laughs> will win the game. This is going to be the upset of the weekend, 31-24 Colts. Who needs, who needs Peyton Manning when you've got C.J. Anderson and Malik Jackson, who's been playing great? Forget it. The Bronco, well, the- this Broncos team is way better, 31-21. That'll be my final score. <laughs> All right. And and this is a no no uh, lose game for me because really I would love the Colts. It would be nice to see the Colts win and just take the Broncos out because I think they're more of a, a title threat. By the way, I don't think I already saw through that, Greg. What? You know, you know, you want you want this uh, Peyton uh, Brady thing no, done. I, you don't want to you don't want to deal with it anymore. So you want him out of the picture. But at the yeah. same time, you're hedging your bets a little bit. I'd like. I'm to not because I I fully believe the Broncos will win. I think they'll kill him. But I hope Ooh, I legitimate I legitimately hope I'm just wrong in this case because it would be good for the New England Patriots, the team I root I, I for. I don't think we're getting Broncos Patriots. I just I don't know how it's gonna play out. I don't think we're not so getting either. it. So that's it, guys. That is the preview. I thought you all mm. did excellent work. Uh, I, think. I feel like I still have more to say. We should just do one of these every day next week. All right. I like that idea. For the for the second straight week, we're all gonna get every every one of our picks right, and a lot of people say, Well that's that's impossible, you fool. <laughs> But no, uh, we're going to do it. Yeah, you doubt us. Everybody's a critic. That's what you get. So, yeah, we will be back on Sunday night. Um, Mark, what's so important that you're texting? We're trying to, I'm trying to wrap the show here right I now. I just found out the three buildings are on fire down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, though. Keep on. What no. is the house on fire? the show. Don't really? worry about it. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're no, safe in the podcast the studio. Is it our building? Doesn't matter. Go on with Come the show. Come on, Sessler. Uh, we will be back on Sunday night uh, where we will recap all these great games, and I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. Greg looking forward to it. Will all of us be Mark here Mark looking Sunday. forward to it. Chris looking forward to it. Z Drizzle. Filling in for TD behind the glass. He's looking forward to it. It's divisional weekend, and everyone's excited. I just pushed Greg. Let me push back. <laughs> Pushing content. Uh, that's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss. And as I said, Z Drizzle behind the glass. Until Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.